How is everybody? Yeah, good to see you. Um, so if you are new today, we have been this summer in a series in 1 John. And uh, we've been walking through the, the New Testament book, 1 John, for uh, quite a few weeks. And uh, we're in chapter 4. And chapter 4 um, is one of the most important and significant chapters of all the Bible, I believe. And so I knew when we would get here, we would kind of spend a few weeks in chapter 4. Um, and, and we're going to read a little bit in just a, a moment, but one can say that, that 1 John chapter 4 in many ways is a biblical foundation of our lighthouse ministry, I believe. And um, I just want you to know that there is a quote um, from this scripture that we're going to read, 1 John chapter 4, that is written above us as we worship every week. And if you've been coming here for a long time, you probably don't even notice it anymore. But it's a message that's been up there for a long, long, long time. And it comes from 1 John chapter 4. So grab a Bible. There should be one around you if you didn't bring one. And I would like to read this section. And then I'm going to encourage you to leave your Bibles open because we're going to come back and walk through a few of the verses again later. So 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for, say it, God is love. There it is one time, right? God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. One another, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen that our own eyes, with our own eyes, and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God, if God living in them and they live in God, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. Read it. God is love. Yep, there it is again. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love God or love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. All right, got a couple of cute jokes, okay? Hang with me. 
I, I used to have a fear of hurdles, but I got over it. I used to have a fear of speed bumps, but I'm getting over it slowly. You're not supposed to shake your head when I tell jokes. My psychiatrist said, it seems like you have a fear of getting married. Do you know the symptoms? I can't say I do, I said. (laughs) Exactly, he said. Okay, this is my personal favorite. I live in constant fear that the government will deport my Latina mother-in-law, who lives at 324 3rd Street, Apartment 203, (laughs) 5'4", slender build with medium-length dark hair. She gets off work at 6. That's not funny. All right. Here's our question today. You can see what we're going to talk about by the jokes. What fear have you or do you deal with? Uh, We're going to talk about fear a little bit um, this morning. So I hope a few of you would be willing to be transparent and share a little bit. Um, if, you, if you do get these guys' attention, Bill and James, and they're going to run the mics, you stand up, speak directly in the mic, give us a brief answer. You can say a word about you know, the fear if you'd like. And uh, here we go. I noticed there was a hand up already back there. So other direction. Hello, my name is Jason. Hey, Jason. Uh, biggest fear I have is falling back into the addictions, um, but I don't see that happening with my walk with Jesus every day and every morning and coming to Lighthouse with thank you for Dale. Uh, I can't believe I've been coming here for two years now. Um, but once I think you get away from that addiction part and you have peace, there's no more fear, really. And it's just, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. My biggest fear is um, my kids going into addiction. Yeah. I did uh, have one child that did have issues, and we fought really hard and got her on the right track. She just turned 18. She almost started her adult life with a DUI. Um, There were some technical issues, and by the grace of God, they dismissed that, and now she can move forward, and uh, she... She learned a great lesson, so hopefully she carries that with her for the rest of her life. But how I'm dealing with my fear is bringing my kids to church and trying to keep them connected because I know my addiction uh, spurred from no connection to my family or anybody. And if you're connected to people and they're seeing what you're doing and you have some morality and some good guidance, you're less likely to yeah. go into addiction, fall into addiction. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. My fear is not being enough, um, and that's something my husband and I work on every day. Can, can you say that one more time? I think I at least lost it. Not being enough. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Heather. Hi, my name is Cassie, and um, I have fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Anybody else identify with that? Yeah. Hi, I'm Lisa. Um, 
my fear is that my 28-year-old son will leave the treatment center he's in right now. And you guys took a donation for the Salvation Army Men's Rehab Center in Minneapolis. He doesn't have insurance, so he's there completely free. Uh, He's been in and out of prison for 10 years. Meth. Thank you, Lisa. Yep, thank you. My name's Karen. My biggest fear is um, that of rejection. I fear that um, if I don't act in a certain way or show up in a certain way, that my family, um, you know, others, will think less of me and therefore I will be less than. And what I'm learning in my walk is there's only one who, whose opinion matters, who... Um, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Karen. Uh, back, back. Go in the back first, and then we'll come back up. Okay. So you have somebody too. Okay, let's. Uh, we'll do Rita, and then we'll come over here, and then we'll come back. My biggest fear is my son dying from his addiction. Hmm. Yeah, boy, there's a lot of that. Um, hearing that today. Thank you, Rita. Hi, church family. I'm Ryan. Um, I guess I realized lately that I have a fear of what other people think, um, and uh, so sometimes I do that, deal with people pleasing and that sort of thing. Uh, but lately, I've been learning to turn that over to God and just not. I, I thought I didn't care what others thought, but uh, kind of kind of found out that I do have a fear about what other people think. So. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Uh, my biggest fear is that the Minnesota Vikings will never win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's going to plague you the rest of your life, dude, yeah. All right, I think we'll wrap up with that, and uh, (laughs) thank you for the lightness. A lot of heavy stuff. I think we're going to wrap up there, so thanks. Um, That's a, it's really an interesting question. Um, We're going to come back to it in a little bit, so um, thank you for all of those um, answers, even the Vikings one, yeah. So I want to start this way. I want to tell you something that chances are most of you know already. Um, People often come here to Lighthouse Church, especially for the first time, carrying some heavy baggage. Turn and tell somebody, who, me? Uh, One of the interesting things that I have found over the years at Lighthouse Church is is uh, we've kind of gained a little bit of a reputation in our community for what we specialize in, that we tend to specialize in hurting people who uh, maybe have uh, some issues uh, going on. And so when I meet people, which I often do, who are new here at Lighthouse Church, I'll often ask. Um, Here's what I want to ask. I want to say, you know, I'm Dale. Nice to meet you. Do you know where you are? Um, But I don't say it that way. Um, I actually just say, you know, what brought you here? And usually um, there's a story. And the, the, the thing is, is we all have a story, right? Um, even people who don't have some of the issues that you and I have, um, everybody's got a story. Um, those words that are written on the wall above us, God is love, Um, I have learned have been a message to countless hurting people who have walked through our doors and who have sought support and refuge here at Lighthouse Church. 
Um, interestingly, um, there were words on other parts of the building when we first came in to uh, this sanctuary and made it our home. Um, those are the words that we left. Uh, because um, when you're in a bad place or in a dark place, there are no more important words to hear and there's no more important message to hear. God is love. God is love. Now I want to acknowledge that to hear the words God is love um, can be a hard thing sometimes for us to accept. Anybody here ever have trouble accepting the idea that God is love? Huh? Um, you know, lots of us, that's probably true. Um, it's, it's a hard thing to sometimes understand. You know, how can God be love when there's often so much chaos, not only in our lives, but in the world? Um, when I, um, you know, think about the recovery community, um, one of the first things I learned when I entered the recovery community is that in order to kind of work the 12 steps, um, we're supposed to find a God of our own understanding or a higher power. And um, I, I would hear people, this was always interesting to me, I would hear people all of the time say, um, I've kind of found my own higher power or my own God of my understanding, and he is a God of love and acceptance and grace. And um, early on, I would think when I would hear that, all right, there's somebody else here who knows Jesus, the God of the Bible, um, only to find out that they wanted very little to do with Jesus or the Bible, much less church. Um, of course, what I learned eventually is that there's some baggage that comes with that too, and that a lot of people come here with some hurt or past experiences with the church thing in particular that has caused some, 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 some pain uh, in their lives. I want to read um, a couple of these verses again in this section, beginning at verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. Because God is love. You know, if you read the Bible, um, there are a lot of attributes that are um, attributed to God. Um, there's a lot of characteristics of God that you can learn about in the Bible. Um, and I find them really interesting. Like, like some of them, I think, kind of point to the fact that, that I don't really know, you know how much of God I can understand but I know I'm not this, and I suspect that God is like this. So get, let me give you an example. Um, you read the Bible, and you're going to learn that God is all-knowing, that he knows everything. And um, that is even hard for me to fathom, but I know I don't know everything, even though I try to pretend I do sometimes, right? Um, God is all-knowing. Um, or God is present in all places at the same time. There are times I'd like to be in two places at the same time, much less in all places at the time. I don't even know what that means other than you learn that in the Bible, that God is present in all places at all times. We learn in the Bible that God is all-powerful. What in the heck does that mean? That God can do anything, that God is almighty. 
Then there are these attributes of God that we learn that, that um, I think that we do get a little idea of, um, and they are things that God actually is now trying to create in you and me when we come to faith in Jesus. Like, we learn in the Scripture that God is holy. And um, there's lots of times in my life when I don't feel holy, but in my faith, I have come to learn that I am holy, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus has done for me. You with me? Um, that's something God gives to me as a gift. We learn in the Bible that God is righteous. And I believe that I have the righteousness of Christ in me, not because of the things that I've done, but because I've accepted and received what God has done for me on the cross in Jesus Christ. There are other attributes, like God is just, uh, that God is good, that God is eternal. So there's lots of, you know, you know, attributes, lots of characteristics of God that you can learn about in the Bible. Um, here's what I wanted you to know, but the most important one is that God is love. Uh, the most important one is for us to know that God is love. Love is who God is at his core. In his heart, in the, in the middle of who he is as a divine being, love is who God is. Love is why he created you. He created you to be in a loving relationship with you and him. He created you so that, you could, so that he could love you and so that you could love him back. That's why you are here. Love is why God came in human flesh. It is who or what Jesus is. Jesus is God's love in action for you and for me. Because love is, a, is an action word. Um, and you, you already know a verse, even if you've not spent much time around um, the church, chances are most of you know um, other words that John put in his gospel where he said, um, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you and me, that he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Um, I, I don't know if uh, you noticed this, but, but um, in 1 John, in that section that we just read a little while ago, uh, there's like a mini John 3.16 in there. Um, and uh, I want to read it to you. It's verses 9 and 10. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that, that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You know, if you have your own Bible, you can write, you know, John 3.16 right next to that. It says the same thing. In John, again, John's gospel uh, John chapter 15, verse 13, it says this, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Um, that's what Jesus does for you and for me. Jesus is what or who God wants us to know and understand about God. So um, in different scriptures like Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, we read that, that if you want to know who God is, look at Jesus for in Christ lives, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. 
Um, in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. You know, uh, if you are, are new here to Lighthouse Church or just been coming for a little while, um, one of the things that we've been very intentional about is wanting to give you um, room here to do spiritual investigation. Like, you are welcome to be here and to be open, very open, about what you believe spiritually or what you don't believe about some of your struggles or experiences or, um, you know, lack of understanding. You are very welcome to be here as long as you want uh, on a spiritual search and and nobody's going to try to force you into a box. But I would tell you this. If you are here truly searching Um, for a God of your own understanding, or if you're here truly searching for a higher power, um, with all love and humility, I'm going to tell you that I can save you a few steps. Um, Get to know Jesus. That's, That's what you need to do. You need to get to know Jesus. That would be my opinion. Get to know Jesus. He is all you need to know about God. In fact, what, I, what I've tried to share with you is that when you think about God is love, that equals Jesus. So those are all like synonymous. They're the same thing. Um, God is love points us to Jesus. That's where we see God's love for us. You know, if there is one thing to take away from 1 John chapter 4, um, if there is one thing that I want you to go home with today, um, I just want you to you know, put this in your mind. Every time you come here and you see God is love up on the wall in this sanctuary, I want you to realize that, that at its core, this is the most important thing for me to know about God. That God is love, that equals Jesus, right? God is love. And here's what I want you to know. I, uh, I want you to know from a theological standpoint, if you miss the God is love part, all those other attributes that I talked about God, um, you, you miss something. And so um, if, you, if you kind of miss the idea that God is love and then you just talk about how God is just, um, you're going to really miss the core of the gospel and what the New Testament teaches us. Um, if, you are, um, if you are going to miss this idea that God is love and you hear that that God is present in all places at the same time. It's kind of freaky, actually, um, because there are probably times in your life where you were hoping that God wasn't watching. But he does everything, and he does it out of love. We learn here um, all the time. I tell it to you every week because it's the most important thing for you to hear. God loves you unconditionally. His love for you is unconditional. He doesn't say, clean up, get your act together, do these things, then I'm going to love you. He loves you right where you're at, even in the mess. Loves you right where you're at. And loves you in a way that will then walk with you to, uh, towards a better life. I tell you every Sunday, There's nothing you can do today that's going to make God love you more than he did yesterday. Nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more tomorrow. God is love. Say God is love. And because God is love, because God's love is perfect, um, I can tell you this with confidence. 
And I can also tell it to you because I've experienced God never gives up on you. God never gives up on you. Um, he meets you right where you're at every time. He's never going to give up on you. Now, John um, in 1 John 4 builds on uh, this idea that God is love in a very interesting way. And I just, just wanted to point it out. We're going to talk about it a little bit more next week. But, but it's kind of like he is saying this. It's going to be up on the screen. We learn about love by getting to know God. Does that make sense, right? Because God is love. But then he also in this section says, we learn about God by learning how to love as well. And so it's, it's like he's saying, you know, here's the, here's the way that um, you can learn to love. Just look at Jesus. You know, look at, look at who God is because God is love. But then he says, you know, if you really want to work on getting to know God, then start loving other people. And you're going to see that your understanding of the love God has for you begins to grow. It's pretty profound when you think about it. Next week, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about loving others in the same way that God loves us. Uh, but today, I want to build a little bit on something um, that both um, Ken and Claire, the last couple of Sundays here at Lighthouse, if you were here, talked about um, these last two weeks. And, and I want to talk about this idea of fear in our lives and what fear um, does to us. So I want to I read um, again here um, in verse 16, just a couple of verses, if you still have your Bible open, verse 16, and I'm going to go to the, to the next paragraph. So 16 is kind of split between those two paragraphs. And it starts, God is love. So verse 16, uh, second half, God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Um, that was really an interesting statement. So last couple of weeks, both Ken and Claire have talked about learning to love themselves. Learning to love ourselves. And uh, I met with them um, as they were preparing messages for those two weeks, um, some weeks ago. And it was kind of a topic that we kept coming back to when we were talking about love. Like, you know, how do you um, begin to understand God's love or how to love other people unless you love yourself? And uh, it, was, uh, it was really an interesting conversation. So I just encourage both of them to kind of go with that as they... Um, we're, we're thinking about what to share. And um, one, of the, one of the things that has become so um, real to me in our Lighthouse family and journey uh, together is how hard it is for so many of us uh, to forgive ourselves and to love ourselves. Is that true for anybody here? No? Yeah. Um, and, and it's just kind of a, a thing that is so, um, so evident, I think, within many in our community, this, this, this struggle that we can have with, with shame and difficulty in forgiving ourselves, but then also in loving ourselves. 
And, um, you know, it's, I think it's true. It's going to be hard to understand God and his love for us unless we learn to maybe accept his unconditional love for us and begin to love ourselves. It's going to be hard to love others unless we begin to make some shifts in how we look at ourselves. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31 say this. Um, it'll be up on the screen. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, says Jesus. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I was thinking this week um, how I have had in my life um, a love-hate relationship with myself. And so um, my experience is that, you know, rarely is it all one or the other. Um, That there are times when I'm really down on myself and um, there's no love for myself. And then there are other times um, where I do love myself. And um, here's here's the thing. I, I think that often we can be our own worst enemy. By the way, Claire did an excellent job last week talking about what goes on in our heads as we're kind of struggling with this idea of loving ourselves, If you weren't here, I really encourage you to listen to it. Um, and so there are times when I um, can kind of hate myself. But, but here, here's something that I've been thinking about this week. Then there are times where I am also capable of loving myself way too much. Anybody here ever experienced that? Like, you know, I can love myself, like, way too much. And um, I came to realize that much of how I see myself loving myself too much or beating myself up, that they are born out of insecurities that I have and fears that are prevalent in my life. So, Graceland, allow me to say that one more time here, okay? Okay. So I have learned that loving myself too much or beating myself up, that they are both born out of the same insecurities that I have and fears that are prevalent in my life. So when I came into recovery, uh, there was um, a lot of talk about fears and uh, it was kind of a new conversation for me. Um, and so when, when people would talk about fears, I, was, I really had a hard time like, identifying. Like, like um, I'm not sure what I'm afraid of, um, thinking about loving yourself too much, right? I'm not afraid of anything. Then I started to think, well, um, I don't like snakes. So maybe that's my big, big fear. I don't like snakes. But I kept working on it, kept listening to others. And um, here was my first big revelation. Um, I realized that I have always been driven by a fear of failure. Um, it, in part, explains um, my, my hesitancy sometimes to do certain things. And it also um, explains very deeply um, part, some of my work ethic. Like if I take something on, it's going to not fail. Now, I'm still learning about myself. 
Um, here's a fear that I've been able to identify that really stands out. I've heard it um, at both services this morning. Um, I have a fear that you will see how messed up and insecure I really am. I fear judgment more from others than from God. I fear people who won't accept me or, or that I fear people that I, I fear that people won't accept me if they really know what's going on in my life. Um, this has also come out at both services. I fear that I haven't done enough. Um, so, um, from a from a faith standpoint, um, there is part of me, and I think it comes from my childhood. Um, I tend to think that God looks not at the good things that I've done, but only at the things that I didn't do, that I haven't done enough. So how about you? I loved some of the diversity of answers and, and the transparency in this church. Um, fear, I've come to realize, is a driving factor in most of our lives. Heck, in all of our lives. And so when I think about that, I think about how profound this statement from John is. Perfect love expels all fear. Holy cow, you got to be kidding me. Perfect love expels all fear. It's an incredible statement. And uh, I just kind of want to reflect on that before we close. Um, I realize that one of the main reasons I read my Bible regularly and I practice my spiritual disciplines, um, one of the main reasons I come to church every week, and maybe you do too, is so that I can hear that God loves me. Because I need reassurance every day. I, I try to connect with God daily in my life to hear that he loves me and he loves you, not because of what we have done or not done, but because of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. That's why I'm here. That's why I read my Bible. Um, I believe it's because um, God loves me and has made me that I need to connect with him to be reminded that this is why I'm here on this earth. You know, that God loves me unconditionally, that I am his child, and that he's not waiting in heaven to somehow snatch that away if I screw up. That we are his children, and like any parent, God loves his children. Not perfectly, here, but God loves us perfectly. Um, and so then, um, as I was thinking about that, I need to connect with God daily. I need to connect with God consistently because I need to know that God loves me and that I'm, I'm, I'm okay, that I'm enough. And, and then I started to think about how, um, how you know, when you, when you go into recovery, so those of you who are in recovery, you start to hear about people who are grateful for 
being an alcoholic or an addict or whatever it is that they deal with. They're grateful for it, um, and uh, they're grateful because it has brought recovery and a new way of living into their life. And so then I started to think, you know, one of the great gifts of recovery, I think, um, is that we come to realize that God continues to let me fall on my face now and then. And maybe it's because it's in those moments that we begin to learn from, for ourselves um, that it's not about what I do, but it's about what God is doing in my life and in this world. And uh, as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking a little bit about you. Sometimes um, when we are broken down and our own willpower and our abilities are not enough, we actually begin to see the grace of God. It's when we're at the bottom that we begin to see the light of Christ. And that's when we begin to learn that this is why I'm here. And, you know, I, I, would, I would remember um, when my kids were young, we just had a vacation with our entire family, including our grandkids. Um, Love my grandkids. Four or five days was enough. Six or seven was just a little too much. Um, they start to get on each other's nerves, and then they start to get on my nerves. Not, not my wife's, because she's, my wife is super grandma, but I'm not super grandpa. And you know, when they're getting on each other's nerves, there's hurt feelings, there's hurt um, bodies sometimes. Um, and, and I was thinking about my kids um, growing up. Um, they were with, of course, and they're big now. My son is bigger than me, and um, both of my kids are in their 30s. And, and uh, I was thinking about when they were little, um, and, and, and they would get hurt. And... Um, you know, oftentimes um, when, when our children get hurt, um, we, we tend to react, if we act, react well, we tend to react in very loving and gracious ways as parents. Especially if the hurt is on the inside. And I remember times when my kids would get hurt and, um, you know, they knew why they were hurt um, words weren't going to help. And I would just kind of take a child and I would just hold them and say things like, it's going to be okay. Here's the thing. At that time, they only see the pain and the hurt, but I've got more time under my belt as a, as a parent. I know it's going to be okay. Sometimes I realize I, I do that as a pastor and, and a friend. Um, you know, we, uh, we had a death in our church uh, recently, um, Janie, Dave's, uh, Dave's wife, and I was called over, you know, over there with uh, some of Dave's closest friends that night. And I was just struck by, I mean, there weren't a lot of words to say, but we were there, right? We were there. That's, you know, we, we had this room just filled for a funeral service this week. Um, you know, and I, I had a couple of people say, you know, I'm not even sure what to say. What do you say? You're here. You're here. You know, and sometimes, sometimes when we are hurt, um, there are few words to say. 
Um, but the words really don't accomplish much. Like when I was really hurt, when I was really struggling, when I had really screwed up, I already knew it. I didn't need anybody to remind me. What I needed to, to be was held and loved. And um, thank God he brought people around me uh, to do that. Um, here's the deal. Um, if you are hurting today, what I want you to know is, is that our God in heaven, um, you know, he just, he just wants to hold you. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Um, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to know that God is here with open arms. Again today, <laughs> uh, ready to hold you and to begin to love you and to say to you maybe these simple words, uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Okay.